Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. Welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello podcast. I have with us an awesome human who has been exposed to real estate for pretty much his whole life. He's currently the editor of Agent Resources over at Homelight and the host of the Walkthrough Podcast, Mr. Matt McGee. I appreciate you taking the time to be here with me, brother. Aaron, thank you. It's great to chat. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. And, you know, I always like to bring people to the platform that I really believe can add value. And I think you definitely fit that criteria because we were chatting prior to getting started. You've actually been exposed to real estate like your entire adult life. Yeah. Really, your whole life, right? Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Since the time, yeah. My dad, when I was born, I'm not going to give my age away, but way back when, uh, my dad was a, a real estate agent for almost 50 years. He started in 1953. My sister has her license in Pennsylvania. My wife has been an agent for 17 years. So I've been, yeah, I've been surrounded by real estate agents my whole life. I remember Aaron when I was a little kid, and this will predate probably a lot of listeners, but hopefully some will. I remember my dad bringing home the blue MLS book, right, with all the houses, and I just I was fascinated, just like paging through that and comparing, you know, this house is $7,000 and this house is $10,000, right? Like, it's just, wow, what a, I just, I just, I have very vivid memories of that from the time I was tiny. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Not only from kind of an inflation perspective, how the cost of houses has changed, <laughs> right. but also <laughs> right? from kind of an evolutionary perspective in terms of, you know, the way real estate is done. So I think you not only have that unique perspective because of your exposure, the other thing that I believe causes you to have a unique perspective is that as host of the Walkthrough Podcast, which you were kind enough to uh, have me on, you get this you know, opportunity to essentially like mastermind with the top agents in the right. country who are producing you know, at the highest possible levels, you know, the top 1%, 0.01% of agents. And as such, you know, I think you can kind of glean some best practices and things of that nature. So one of the questions that I wanted to begin with and get this started off with is kind of trends. You know, I'm okay. aware that our game has been rapidly changing for the last at least three years, you know, as we have, you know, some sharp elbow competitors that are pushing into the space and, uh, you know, just with technology and things of that nature. So as you're interviewing agents, what are some of the major trends that you're seeing? Yeah, I think right now, obviously, the, the the trends that are affecting everyone right now are just what's been going on in the past year in the industry with the pandemic. And, you know, obviously, there was that time of what's going to happen with real estate. And now we have record low inventory, right? The bidding wars. The thing that I am noticing, Aaron, and, and I wonder if if your experience with your clients is the same, but I feel like a lot more of your job these days is maybe coaching clients through like the emotional highs and lows through some of the struggles of this market. <clears throat> like 
it used to be, you know, the struggles would be, are we going to find a house? Do we have our financing in order? Now it, there's just like, there's so much pressure on this market. Um, you know, just to, to the speed that the market is moving, dealing with the frustration of bidding wars and all that sort of stuff. I just feel like there's like this, this mental aspect of working with your clients that is maybe more important now than it's ever been. Would you agree? Yeah. So I think that there's two, in my experience, uh, kind of um, pro- parts of the process. One is the practical component, which is the dollars and cents, you know, the numbers, kind of mortgage rates, uh, net sheets for sellers, things of that nature. The second is the emotional component. And what I've been sharing with people is that, um, you know, every market has its own challenges. So when I was selling real estate in 08 and 09, and 10, like nothing was selling. We had right. 250 expireds a day, which is a lot. I couldn't even call them all. And uh, you had to get 10 price reductions a month just to move inventory. Lots of foreclosures, lots of short sales. So that had its own set of challenges, right? Uh, at the same time, I had some bright spots, which is that uh, for somebody who knows how to sell, that becomes a very productive environment because there's lots right. of people who need your help. And when times get tough, only the skilled get paid, right? So you can go in and kind of build market share. And this marketplace is the opposite of that coin, which is exceptionally low inventory. It is, uh, as you mentioned, kind of bidding wars, things of that nature. You have to deal with greed uh, because yeah, that's sure. a human, normal human right. thing right, that uh, sellers go through where they get a full price offer and they're like, well, Matt, I think I want to wait and see if we get something better. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, um, I could get more a month from now or two months from now, right? Yeah, so, and, you know, I think that people's motivation has to be greater than their discomfort or their, uh, you know, kind of inconvenience. So by, by that, what I mean is from a buyer's perspective, like they're, their motivation, whatever it is, some life event, right? That's happening in their life, death, divorce, job relocation, you know, moving to uh, assisted living, uh, retiring, wants to be closer to family, like whatever. There has to be a compelling reason for them to be willing to put up with the inconvenience or the stress that's involved in the marketplace. And I think culturally as Americans, like, I don't know, we're just used to everything being kind of comfort and convenient. And if there's mild inconvenience, it's like, ah, this is like ridiculous, right? Right. So you just have yeah. to coach people through that process. Yeah, and I what 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 I I totally agree with uh, what you just said is especially where you said the skilled are the ones that are getting paid. <clears throat> I think that's especially the case right now because <clears throat> excuse me because there's so many scary headlines right now. Right in you know I I did I went on Google News I don't know probably a month or so ago and just typed in real estate because I just wanted to see what the headlines were around the country, and like local newspapers, local TV, right? Like market is on fire, toughest market ever to you know to buy a house. Seventy bidding, you know, seventy offers on individual house, and I just I I just I fear that there is this this thing going on where people that might be buyers or sellers or like, I just don't even want to get involved in this kind of thing. And so when you are working with your clients, it's more important than ever, I think, for you to be the expert, the knowledge broker here, right? To know the market, know the town, and be able to sort of provide all the education and information that you would normally provide, all the skills that you have in order to to navigate the process, but then also that added skill in 
you know, the, the communication skills, being able to deal with, as you said, the stress. And so I think it, like if I were a buyer or seller right now, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be nervous to like just go online and search for a realtor and pick the first one I find. I'm going to be looking for the ones that have been around 10, 15, 20 years that I know have a track record that are skilled and really have their stuff together. I think there's a real premium on that in this market. Yeah. So what comes up for me is, as you say that, is as information becomes free, specialized knowledge becomes more valuable. So we're flooded with information, right? And consumers now have lots of information at their fingertips. But the question is, is how do you interpret that data? Yeah. Right. And the other thing I hear you saying is, is moving from just being transactionary, like I'll help you buy and sell, we'll fill out paperwork to being fiduciary, which is where I'm right. actually guiding you. Right. And yeah. in order to do exactly. that, not only do I have to have the intellectual intelligence of like understanding the market, but also the emotional intelligence to help them to guide to guide that process. But then I would also propose like being able to have conversations with regards to finance, right? Uh, because that's, you know, what we're doing is, is advising. So that makes total sense to me. And I guess my question is, um, how are you seeing that agents are integrating technology because you know I know that the game is changing and you mentioned people going online and making decisions and I know probably about 60% of our business now is where people find me and the importance of like those digital assets and all the reviews and stuff and utilizing bomb bomb and videos so how are you seeing that agents are coping or really not coping but like um, evolving and utilizing technology to deal with the changes in the marketplace yeah, I think, I, I do think, um, I don't think that is going to change at all anytime soon, you know, with, with the, you know, going online to research, research real estate agents. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, when, I, when I think of real estate technology, like I think over the years, there's been this focus on sort of, I, I don't even know what the term is, but, but I'll call it internal technology. Um, you know, CRMs, your social media management platform, you know, what are you doing to you know, post to Facebook and, and Instagram and all that sort of stuff. Um, what interests me right now and what I want to see more of technology-wise is tools that actually improve the client experience and give them more, as you were saying, more of the knowledge to, to be a smarter client for you. So like, you know what? What, what I what, from talking to, to agents just over the last you know four or five six months, I've heard a lot of interest in things like listing management tools. So something that will let you show your seller, you know, you're getting 10, 20 offers on a listing, right? Some kind of tool that lets you show that seller all those offers side by side in sort of a, an easy to compare, elegant way, as opposed to just like here's a spreadsheet, it's really homespun, or here's a bunch of print, printouts of PDFs. I think that kind of technology is really good for the client. And so I want to see more of that. I think also just in the last couple months, um, I've had a number of agents talk to me just like raving about a tool that I was vaguely familiar with called HomeBot. And I'd never, I've never used it, but it sends out like a monthly financial snapshot to your clients, right? It's, I think it has an estimate on your home's value some other financial info, like re, what happens if you were to refinance right now based on current mortgage rates. It's just like this newsletter with all kinds of home and finance information. I've had, like I said, a couple agents just really raving about that and how it helps them get that information into their client's hand 
and again, make them a smarter buyer or seller. So that's kind of, that's a, a tech trend that I like seeing is, is using, you know, the technology that we have available to us to improve the customer and the client experience. And I hope we see a lot more of that. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think that's very insightful, right? Uh, as far as like technology, not only as a mechanism to make yourself more productive, which has to do with you, but technology as a mechanism to uh, improve and really the delivery of the service, right? So right. what I heard you say there, which is interesting, is tech doing serving in different kind of drivers in the business. So let's say an attraction, right? Attracting clients, whether that's from within your database or outside of your database, in your database would be, you know, in your database, 36 touch program, HomeBot would be part of that, where they're getting right. that consistently on a regular basis. And that's right. a piece of software that allows you to serve at a higher level, right? And also gets them to view you as the source of information instead of all these other platforms, right? Then you mentioned using software as a way to deliver as far as the service that I'm delivering, right? Like that listing management, right? So instead right. of just like a Excel spreadsheet or I call you, there's some cool tool that you can use where you can see what's happening in real time. And I do believe that technology is definitely changing people's expectations. So talk to me a little bit about you know that and how you feel because you've watched real estate go from, you mentioned your dad with like a book, right? But <laughs> <laughs> so like now expectations and how tech is changing people's expectations. Yeah, I, you know, I think there, there, I had a guest on, on the walkthrough. This was within the, I don't know, within the last three or four months. And, and I feel bad that I can't remember exactly who said this, but it, it, it's like Amazon has kind of trained, trained us to expect things instantly, right? I remember probably... I don't know, a month ago, I placed an order on Amazon for some, you know, little $15 home item. I don't even remember what it was, Aaron. It was like so trivial and unimportant. It was like Saturday night at 11 o'clock. I placed this order on Amazon and the darn thing showed up at my door Monday morning at 10 a.m., right? Like 36 hours later, instant gratification. And, and I think I think that is sort of what we are starting to become conditioned to expecting to get what we want, when we want it, and at great rapid pace. And, and so I think that does sort of change the dynamic a bit in, in real estate that, that, you know, you need to be able to be available, answer the questions, you know, show your value on a moment's notice. And, you know, not that I'd ever suggest that you work round the clock, but your clients are going to be operating round the clock. Well, right? What's interesting, so you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, like what you just said there is like so, because you you caught, your, you know, you were like noticing, you're like, well, I wouldn't suggest you work around the clock, but what I wrote down as you were saying that is friction. Because what's <clears throat> yeah, happening, you, it's kind of happening where like, because people's expectations are, it's got to be like right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. And if we're not careful, the way that our game is set up, like we are the system. And that right. means I got to be available whenever that lead comes in. And I got to call right. it within two seconds. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and friction, that's such a great word, right? Friction, because whether you're in real estate or shopping for trivial products on a Saturday night, 
we are all conditioned to avoid friction. Like if, if, if I am ready to make an appointment with a real estate agent and I call and you're not there, there's another one right below you listed right there on Google and they're just going to call the next one, right? Unless, unless you've built that relationship with them already, which I think it is another trend that, that we could talk about. In it, it, I think what's happened in the last couple of years is made it more important than ever that you continue to show how important you are to your clients and continue to reach out to your database and you know nail your you know your follow up your outreach staying top of mind i think that's more important than ever now yeah and when you said that about like if unless they're a past client like that might buy you like 24 to 36 hours you know what i mean like it's not going <laughs> to buy you a whole bunch of time it might buy right. you a little time uh so right. Yeah. And that's interesting because there is that friction. And the reason why I think software is eating the world or technology is like pushing in all these spaces is because part of the reason it's difficult to compete with is because it's frictionless. Yeah. Its whole goal is to eliminate friction, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. And then you mentioned like, uh, as far as like another trend that you're seeing, because um, in a way, you know, these third-party vendors are kind of impartial, right? Like they want to connect top producing agents with consumers, but they also give the lead out to four people or three people or whatever it is, right? right? So that, then it comes down to conversion. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to like skill, right? And also tech. It's a mixture of both. That's what I've learned right. anyway. So right. I guess I'm wondering like prior to talking to relationships, what are you seeing as you talk to agents about how they're using tech to help them to convert when somebody raises their hand? Yeah, I've I've done um, I've had a number of conversations about this. I think the the thing that has really just stood out to me in the last I don't know a couple months or so is when you are scaling your real estate business. It's not just tech too, Aaron. I th- I think I think it's the human element too. I I was doing an interview um, a month or so ago with uh, agents in Southern California. 36 agents on the team. They have, I think, six ISAs. And we were talking about follow, you know, a lead comes in. What does that look like? And we were talking about the tech, the tech angle too. But what stood out to me and kind of blew my mind was I, I said, you get a new lead coming from Homelight or Zillow or real, wherever it might be. What's your goal for speed to lead? And they said, oh, we're going to call them back within five seconds. And I was like, I, th- I think literally like you could hear me under my breath go, oh my God. Right? Like five seconds. That's to me, that's insane. How does, so my question is, and I haven't figured the answer out this, maybe you know the answer, but my question is, so how does an agent without round the clock, or I think it's like, you know, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. ISA coverage and all the tech tools right there to, to fire off the text message, to fire off the email. How does an agent or a team that doesn't have that tech and that staffing compete against a team that's going to reply within five seconds, right? That I, I think, that I, that I, to I, me is a, is, is a huge question. Well, I think the truth is, is that they can't. Right. Yeah. And, and, and in fact, like, the, 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 <laughs> and I think the, what's happening is, is because it's changing the way that it is, that uh, I read a really awesome book called Machines, Platforms, and Crowds. Okay. And it was talking about how all three of those things are converging simultaneously at the same time to rapidly change commerce. Machines meaning artificial intelligence and software. Uh, crowds or platforms being like 
Homelight is a platform or Zillow is a platform or Facebook is a platform or Uber is a platform, like platforms. And then crowds, how you can crowdsource money, you can crowdsource ideas, right? And uh, what it was talking about is that the people that are going to really thrive in this new environment will have three characteristics. One is they can interact creatively with technology. Okay. Like what that. we're doing is kind of part of that social media, shooting videos, like somebody who can code, like they can interact creatively with technology too, as they are the perceived rock star in their industry. Mm -hmm. Because now what's happening is more is drifting to the top. People are yes. going online and whether it's even Homelight's platform, it's figuring out who's the best at converting leads and it, it pushes more opportunities to them. The absolutely. third is, is people who have access to capital because now there'll be opportunities, you know, Facebook, bought Instagram for a billion dollars and they only had like 14 employees. Like that's crazy. Right. <laughs> Used to be 50 years ago, if you had a billion dollar valuation, you had like 25,000 employees, right? right. So um, yeah, I think the truth is, is that they can't. And I remember hearing Gary Keller say something, I don't know, maybe three years ago at a mastermind meeting. He was like, look, you can lose so slowly. It feels like you're winning. Oh yeah, that's good. That, that's and I, I think what's happening is there's a seismic shift. And even for, I mean, for somebody even like, you know, I've done a couple thousand transactions in my career and, you know, I know the sales component. It requires me to learn this whole other thing, which is like yeah. CRMs mm -hmm. and uh, automatic action plans, you know, with uh, automatic text messages and bomb bomb videos. Mm -hmm. It's like a whole mm -hmm. different process. Right. It's a bolt-on. In my opinion, I'd be curious to see what you think. For those who either aren't in the position to be that perceived rock star or uh, who don't, who, who kind of push away or shy away from that tech, like the truth is, is that they're not going to be able to compete. Right. And, and in fact, I, in that episode that I was mentioning, the guest specifically said, if you can't compete with us replying within five seconds, you should not be buying online leads. It's you're wasting your money because they're going to, you know, the client is going to get a call right away. And if you call three minutes later and we're on the phone, I'm already talking to them and they say, oh, I have another call coming in. Well, I'm just going to say, oh, don't worry about it. That's just another realtor. We got you taken care of. Don't worry. And just keep going. And I think that's, you know, I think that's a really, I, I mean, I think that's right. I think, I think if you can't like online leads and the tech that enables online leads really requires instant, rapid, good communication and follow-up right away. And if the, you know, what you've heard the numbers, Aaron, if, if you respond within five minutes, you've got like an 80% chance of, of getting the client. But if you wait more than 10 minutes, forget it, right? Like it's done. They're, yeah. they're, just, they're going up, they're gone elsewhere. Yeah. And then I think the, the only way that you can, like if, because it is speed the lead. And then it, then it comes down to skill. So like I, today I was uh, making a call and it was one of these online leads and he's like, Oh, it was actually one of your guys leads home. Like, okay. And he was like, Oh, uh, you know, I already uh, talked to somebody. She's coming out today. I said, I appreciate that. You know, I know that, you know, uh, the platform gives you multiple choices. So that way you can make the decision you feel is best. Cause really this conversation is not about me. It's not about the other agents, it's really about you and your family. And you guys, you know, wanting to get out to Texas and make this move smooth and efficient. So in my experience, from a professional standpoint, it usually makes sense to get more than one opinion, just to make sure you're making the best choice. Right. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. So <laughs> then, you know, I'll go in there. But then there's a system. 
as far yes. as prequal, as far as like videos, as far as like yep. everything, the pre-listing, pa- yep. that whole process, what we did in our interview. Yeah, I love your with, system. That helps with converting that lead. Right. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So it's like you see all of those things converging at yeah. the same yeah. time. Yeah, and 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 yeah, and what you what you did, you know, the, the, the guy's trying to brush you off saying, you know, I've already, uh, somebody's already coming out, but, you know, so he's kind of closing the door there, but you're like, oh, no, 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 sticking your hand, sticking your foot in. No, 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 you're not closing this door on me. So yeah, yeah, that, that that's right. You have to be prepared for that moment and know what to say, right? It's, you know, we're talking a lot about the tech, but at the same time, it boils down to you and your knowledge and your skills and knowing what to say in different situations. And, and yeah. that's what you did there. And no matter how we kind of slice it up, I think ultimately this is still a sales business and you're still going to have to talk to people like exactly. no matter what. So it's like that can, it's like, oh my God, the two yes. things that are the most valuable, right? In this environment is the ability or the skill of selling, yep. asking questions to help you get, you know, to help somebody get to a specific destination yeah. and being able to handle objections and close and that sort of thing. And then knowledge of the tech. Yeah. And what I'm aware of is usually these are two separate skill sets. They don't exist in the same human. It's very rare <laughs> that like a supersonic top producing salesperson who's, you know, very production oriented, very technician, they're doing technical work, right? Like prospecting, lead follow-up, going appointments, negotiate deals, that they have the capacity or the time or the energy or the resources to figure the tech out. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny that you mentioned that about you know let, let's not forget that this is a sales business. I can't tell you how many times I have, you know, been chatting with real estate agents and I or you see them on, you know, on Facebook groups or whatever and they start complaining about, "Oh, you know, I had to follow up with this person, you know, four or five times before they even picked up the phone." I'm like, "That's sales. That's what it is. That's you bought into this, right? I mean, you've you've got to if you're not willing to accept that that is just like foundational level, then you're probably in the wrong business, right? Like that's what you got to do. You got to pick up the phone. You got to talk to people and you got to keep trying. Yeah. Over and over again. And you got to push past, you know, tremendous amounts of notes. I remember being in front of a, a group. I was doing a talk to an office and I was like, guys, I just want you to just understand something conceptually. So I spoke to 7,532 people in the last 12 months. I got 142 to say yes. Wow. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, when people want to be like, oh, like I had to call, it's like, well, that's so interesting. <laughs> do you think the, 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 the guy or the gal who like cuts grass, do you think like every day they're like, oh man, I got to go like cut grass. I, you know what I did today, Matt? I cut grass today. Like, okay, dude, that's your job, bro. Like, why are you, why <laughs> right. is this even a thing? It, yeah. shouldn't, and it in, shouldn't even be a conversation. Yeah. And in real estate, you have to be able to accept no and just move on to the next one if that's what happens, right? Yeah. So, okay. So I think we set the kind of a very good picture for those that are listening with regards to the two skills that are becoming increasingly more valuable. And I guess my question to you is, is as it pertains to uh, kind of systems, right? Because my experience was when we started getting a lot of these online leads, which we got a lot because our track record's really strong and the algorithm's like, okay, you do a lot of deals, right? It got overwhelming, honestly. And the truth is, is if I'm just trying to call them, it's not, it's not enough. Like it just isn't. And I'm not going to get to them really quickly. And what I realized is this idea of multiple lines in the water. 
So okay. like having automations where like, let's say I call one of your guys leads, they don't pick up, I leave a message, but then automatically it gets dropped into a CRM. They get a text message and a bomb bomb video, like boom, boom, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And layering those things and realizing like, hey, I might need to try to touch these people like 18 times, 21 right. times in the first 72 hours right. just to get them on the phone. Yep. So I guess my question is, is um, it, based on your acknowledgement, you're like, yes, that's exactly yes. what we're seeing is happening. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, how, that's what you got to be doing. That's exactly right. That's, you have to, because without it, uh, again, you won't be able to compete. Right. So I guess on top of, you know, in conjunction with that, like, are you seeing that agents are doing anything else other than that? Like having a CRM, having people that pick up very quickly, whether it's them or they hire somebody else to do it, they have the resources to do it. Or they have these CRMs that are automatically sending out, you know, emails and and text messages and things of that nature. Is there anything else that you're seeing agents are doing to help them to convert? Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, to help them to convert. I think that is, you know, to me, it comes down to, again, it's the combination of the tech and the person, right? So you talk about sending out that instant text message and sending out the bomb bomb video, but then what are you doing to get face to face like you and I are right now? That to me, I because because I think you know w- what I see you know sometimes is more of a focus or, or not enough of a focus on. All right, the first goal here is to get that appointment set. Let's take it step by step. Let's not worry about, you know, how far they are, all the, like, let's focus on getting the appointment set. And if we can get face to face, once I know I have that face to face, then I can start in on the no like, and trust angle of making that connection and establishing that I'm the expert, that I'm the one that can help you navigate through, especially through this, you know, crazy market we're in. I think, I don't know. I, I, I don't think Aaron, that there's necessarily anything new under the sun at this point. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I feel like we know what to do. I, I feel like it's a matter of the discipline to actually like, put these systems in place, know the scripts, practice your role play, do all that sort of, so that you can anticipate whatever the situation is that comes up in the course of following up and trying to convert this lead. I think a lot of it, I mean, I know, I mean, if listeners are, you know, expecting, you know, some shiny, I don't think there, I don't think that exists. I think it, I think it's really a matter of the discipline, you know what to do, go out and do it. Yeah. I I love that. And I think that's a completely true in my experience, which is that, um, you know, these sources, wherever they're coming from, uh, they're just kind of getting in the way essentially. So like, in other words, there's potential clients, there's agents, and then there's the internet and there's different business models that are being created around that. One of them is, okay, we're going to connect you with, uh, you know, agents and we'll take a referral fee. That's cool. Nothing wrong with that. It's fine. To me, it's like I'm outsourcing pay-per-click essentially. Right. So, Mm -hmm. But now that once that flow starts to come, if I'm hallucinating and imagining that I can just call these people and that's enough, like that's, it's not a realistic expectation, right? right? It's not something that is going to be sustainable over time. I need a system when they come in that other, they're getting hit in other ways. And then to your point, I find it so interesting that on your guys' leads, like you actually have to put a message like, remember that the purpose of this call is to set an appointment. Like, 
God dang, bro. Like, really, you got to fucking tell people that? Like, that's that's insane to me, right? Where, oh, my gosh. Where that, that has good. to be like a reminder. And I know it's not there because, you know, it's not a filler. They wouldn't do it if they were noticing right. that they were listening to the calls and people are like, la, la, right. la, and they're not setting appointments, right? <laughs> That's fantastic. No, no, you, I didn't. That, that's fine. I didn't even know that that's part of the process of of getting a home light lead. There's a little message that says that. I had no idea. Yep. When you but, call in, it's like, and remember the the purpose of your first phone call is to set an oh. appointment. And I'm like, wow, dude. <laughs> that's fantastic. But it's true, right? It's like it's so it's so easy to to just get lost and and I don't know to take the easy way out isn't isn't the the, the right phrase but I'll, I'll I'll just as maybe to 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 kind of sum up what I'm trying to say when I a couple of 2017 I started working as my wife's marketing guy um she'd been in the business at that point for 13 years successful right on her own solo agent you know 30 40 transactions a year or whatever it is um but everything was up in her brain, right? Aaron, like she didn't have any systems on paper, no process. So like one of my first things was, all right, I've got to create a follow-up, a drip campaign. How do we, how is she going to handle it when a new lead comes in? So I have to do all the research. So like, I think the first version that I put in place and try not to laugh too hard, but it was like, okay, new lead comes in. You're going to send, you're going to call or send a text. And then three days later, you're going to follow up <laughs> and see what, ha what happened. Right. Like, I just laugh at that at this point, like to, to think that they could possibly wait three days to hear from you again. Like, and they're just going to sit there and, and not. Yeah. Do and they're just going to be like, Oh, well, let me just twiddle my thumbs and wait for Matt to call me back. Like, right. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And what I think is interesting is I think that that's, that's, that's very true. It's an awesome story. I'm so glad you told it because I see people do the same thing in lead follow-up. Yeah. They're just like, oh, like, uh, I'll call you back. Like, what I tell people is, look, whatever you tell me, I'm going to cut it in half. You tell me to call you back in a week, I'm calling you in three days. You tell me to call you in three days, I'm going to call you in a day, right? Yes. And uh, recognizing that everybody has the same leads. Yes. And, and, and for listeners who maybe don't appreciate what Aaron just said, what he just said about cutting in half, I hear that from all of the really successful real estate agents. That is, you know, oh, I'll be ready in six months. Nope, you're calling them in two or three months. That is yeah. like, that's how, that's how you do it. Yeah, because I mean, we all, if I lined up, if I had a thousand agents in the room, I'm like, okay, how many of you guys thought you had something in the bag? They told you to call them back. You called them back when they told you to call them back and they'd already listed the property. Like, yeah, all <laughs> the time. All the time, right? So, um, you know, recognizing that to your point that it's just, uh, again, understanding the tech, realizing that technology is changing our expectations. People are expecting to be able to speak to somebody. It doesn't have to be you, but somebody all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I noticed in the story you told, you talked about like her sending a text. Now there's technology that can do that instantaneously. Right. Yep. So I'm not involved in it. Yep. Right. There's also virtual assistants that I could hire that can pick up the phone whenever those leads come in. I can give them a script and they can, you know, have a conversation uh, if need be. And uh, yeah, and then it comes down to skill, like being on a phone call and recognizing that the purpose of us speaking is to set an appointment. Yeah, exactly. And you know, when I'm speaking to one of your guys' leads, I ask a few questions. It's like, all right, well, can I make a suggestion? And whenever I say, can I make a suggestion? That's permission to close. They're like, yeah, what's up? Well, based on what you've been kind enough to share with me, I'm hearing a couple of things. Number one is you definitely want to make this move happen. Number two, the more information that you can gather right now, the better equipped you'll be. So you can make that executive decision as far as what to do. So what I'd like to do is this. I'm in your area all the time. Love to have the opportunity to pop by. So we're going into a closing sequence. Like we're going to yeah. 
set an appointment. Yeah. And then, and then from there, pre-qualifying the appointment, right? Because I think that a lot of times, at least in my experience, people getting these leads and they're just running out and talking to people and have no idea like what's going on. And I'm just going to figure out what's going on. I remember when we did our interview, you were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You do this before you even see that? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, that was, and and these th- these episodes are, are replaying like right now as we're doing our conversation. And so I've, I've listened back to it and I just like that, the way you sort of flip that on its, you know, you do a lot of the, the uh, you call it pre-qualifying or like asking all of those questions in advance or as many of those questions as you can can get in to sort of figure out I like what you said that stands with me is you said you're trying to find out if where they are on a scale of one to 10 of being ready to do business with you. And you only want to talk to eight, eight, nines and tens, right? If they're a six or a seven, forget it. Let some other agent chase that down, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Because while they're mulling through and what I tell people all the time is that the good lead, the, the okay or bad leads, they hide the good ones. Right. And by yeah. me making that commitment, but people, sometimes they operate from a position of fear. So they're like, oh, I want to hoard all these leads. And like, oh, well, maybe if I find them a unicorn and everything works out right, then maybe they'll do something. But while you're messing with those people, I can list 10, 12, 15 homes a month mm-hmm. because I'm only yeah. dealing with eight, nines, and tens. So then here's my question to you is if you were an agent, if you were going to go into the real estate business as a technician and actually sell real estate, with all of this information, okay. you watching the game evolve <laughs> between your dad and your sister and your wife, working on your wife's team, doing this podcast, the work you've done with Homelight, watching as the game's kind of changing, what would be like three things that you think you would just focus on and dial in on? If I were to become a real estate agent... That's a scary thought first. <laughs> I mean, you guys are so good at what you do. I would never claim to like have that same skill set. Um, so I think I think probably the first thing I would do is figure out figure out what sets me apart from all the other agents in my market and sort of make that the focus of my marketing because, Again, as an as an external observer, a non-agent who watches, talks to a lot of agents, I I see so much sameness in real estate, right? That like real estate web we just did an episode on real estate websites a couple of years. Like you look at 50 real estate websites and I'll, they just, you know, so many of them look exactly the same. You can't tell one agent from the next. Scroll through your Facebook feed and so many agents are posting the same stuff and saying the same things. And so I'm like, like I would want to be different. I would want to figure out what I can do differently to stand out and separate myself from the from the crowd. So that would probably be number one and let that guide my marketing. Number two, what we just talked about, um, like with with systems and processes. I mean, I on a you know, if you, on the disc profile, I'm like a heavy S and C. So I'm like all about systems and processes. I think you have to have repeatable and scalable systems these days because I mean, real estate is you're, you're in a people business and people are completely unpredictable. So try to make things predictable wherever you can. And the technology and the systems and the processes can allow you to be predictable in your lead gen and your lead conversion and all that sort of stuff. So I would really focus on that. And then maybe number three, 
Maybe number three, I would get a coach because I think, I don't know, I, I think it's, and we kind of touched on this a, a little bit. I think it's real easy in this industry to not hold yourself accountable to, oh, I'll, I'll fix that tomorrow. You know, I'll do, yeah, today, you know, I don't want to do my follow-up today. I'm not going to call my sphere, whatever. I think it's real easy to just say, oh, I'll pick that up next time. Um, but if you can have somebody that can, you know, ask you the right questions, hold you accountable and help you sort of navigate. If I, if that's what I would want, I think, I I think I, and, and I say that because my wife went the first 10 or 12 years of her career without a coach was very skeptical of, of coaching, got a coach, and then her business just took Thanks. off. And I hear that, I hear that from like everybody, right? Like everybody's like, oh, I thought coaching was a joke. And like, and then I got one and my business really took off. Like, yeah, yeah that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. And I appreciate that. I just took notes on all of that. I think everybody, if you're, uh, you know, taking notes, there was some good guidance there. What comes up for me when I heard you say that is like, it's no different than the apprenticeship back in the day. Yeah. What's interesting is an apprenticeship back, back when you had to sign a contract for seven years of your life. Oh, wow. So you would study under a master, whatever it was, like a craft, like, you know, ceramics or painting or like, you know, husbandry or whatever it was. <laughs> and you would have to sign a contract for seven years. Oh my and you gosh. would study under the, the master and you'd start off, let's say it was painting. You'd start off making paintbrushes. Yeah. Get to know get right down at the bottom. Just get, yep. then, then mixing paint. Yeah. You might do that for a year. Just yeah. mixing paint, mixing colors. Then you might actually get the chance to like paint the bushes in the scene. <laughs> There's glamour. And then, and then the master would come in and they would, you know, do the, right. the main piece. And then over time, the whole, uh, you know, it would culminate in you having to do a master work from start to finish. So you'd have to make the canvas. You'd mm -hmm. have to, you know, make the brushes, make the paint. You'd have to make the, the painting. Then you'd have to present it to the master and the master would have to be like, okay, now you can go out yeah. in the world and do this for other people. But yeah. seven years, and I find that wow. so interesting, right? Uh, because that's was very true for me, is that, you know, it takes, I don't know, it just takes a lot of time. We've heard that 10,000 hours thing. It's like, it just takes a lot of time and energy and effort. And a teacher, a coach, or a mentor, they can condense decades worth of learning yeah. into days, weeks, months, things of that nature. And then the other thing you mentioned about systems, what I'm aware of is that you can only grow to the proportion that your systems will allow you to. So even with a platform like you guys, like you might get a whole bunch of leads, but if I don't have transaction coordination, listing coordination, if I don't have things in place, I might get a hundred leads a month, but I, I might only convert two instead of being able to convert eight or nine, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not bogged down in the weeds with all the paperwork and stuff. So this has been great, man. Look, I really appreciate you taking the time. So if anybody wants to connect with you, if they want to check out like uh, the uh, walkthrough podcast, where could they find you? Um, if they go to, uh, homelight.com slash podcast, that will get them to all the information about the walkthrough and my contact information is in there. Um, they can find me on Twitter. It's at Matt McGee. I tweet sometimes about real estate. So yeah, it's, a. Uh, it's, this was a wonderful conversation. I love connecting with you. It's always fun to chat with you. You, I know you bring so much value and have so much 
uh, experience and knowledge. And I love that you're willing to share it because it makes the industry better. And I love talking to agents that are willing to open up and share what, what they know with others. So yeah. keep up what you're doing, dude. Appreciate it, man. My pleasure. And if you like this episode, you know, be sure to smash the like button, subscribe, share it with anybody. And uh, if I can help you or be of assistance anyway, just let me know. So appreciate you, Matt. Look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.